Yes, it's the place to be for all things franchising. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Today's topic is supporting franchisees, the secret to optimum performance. Franchise Simply, as you know, are committed to ensuring you're well informed about all the relevant topics in franchising, particularly getting your optimum performance for franchisees. That's where the rubber hits the road, I suppose. It's great to be with you again, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty excited, as I always am, for my interviews. Very lucky we managed to to, to speak to some tremendous and inspiring people. And uh, just a reminder before we start, have a pen and paper ready because I know there'll be notes you want to take and uh, I'm sure you'll want to speak to our guest. Um, this is um, our franchise radio show that for our members will be available shortly in your members uh, area and also in time on our website for those of the public as well. Today, I'm delighted to have with me Tracy Lee. Tracy is well grounded in franchising. Uh, she's been supporting franchisees as a business coach, as a speaker, as a trainer for something like 14 years. Um, and she's developed a fairly unique speciality, helping franchisees become more confident and, of course, to make more profits and, and to survive without that stress that can, can be difficult, particularly for people new to business. Um, Tracy generally works with franchisors, helping them and their team to support the franchisees getting them through to be successful with practical and what Tracy calls nuts and bolts strategies. And that's what I love particularly. Tracy is a certified franchise executive. Um, she also provides CFE accredited courses um, entitled Supporting Franchisees to Franchisors and Their Teams. So she does that around the globe, not just working locally in Queensland where she lives, um, where she's also very actively involved with the Franchise Council of Australia, the local um, the local, local element here. She's a best-selling author of a number of books, um, and particularly for her book called what, 101 Tips for Franchisees. Tracy, hello there. Lovely to talk to you. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Brian. I'm excited. So am I, because I know you've got so much that so many people need to know, and there's a big gap in people's knowledge. And I think, as I say, I think you, you bridge that gap um, particularly as a, a third party, if you like, who's able to communicate with people uh, often on a more direct method, different way than franchisors perhaps can. So just a little bit to add to your, your bio, which certainly told a story. Perhaps can you just tell me your story briefly, just for our listeners? Yeah, well, probably the, the good thing to know is, is that I grew up in a little, little country town with less than 100 people in it with no shops. So I always say that explains most of my issues. <laughs> I just grew up <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. Um, my parents actually had business. So I knew from an early age about business, um, went through life. I still went off to university and got a degree and all of that sort of stuff. And when I was working, I was actually diagnosed with a type of brain tumour. And it was around that time that it really woke me up to my life and what was happening and so I decided it was time for me to get into business. So something that a lot of people don't know is that I was actually a franchisee as well. Um, so I've had a long-term history of franchising. Um, so I, I've had multiple different businesses, but I've always loved the franchising model because there's that saying out there, you know, don't be in business by yourself, you know, be in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And I've done both and I can certainly tell you which one I prefer. And that's by not being by myself. So I actually became a coach because I was being coached. Uh, my coach convinced me that I should start doing business coaching. I had the right sort of personality for it. And it's one of those fine threads in your life where someone suggests something and you give it a go. And 
14 years later and I'm still loving it. So, <laughs> you know, that kind of gives you a glimpse of some of the major highlights in my, in my life and what I do. And, um, and it's brought me to this place today to be chatting to you. Lovely. Look, I've got some questions lined up. Uh, there may be a little bit of duplication, but uh, by all means, feel free to sort of drift off the question if you feel there's something of value to add. Um, so uh, I'm, going to give, I'm going to give you the microphone, if you like. So the first question I've got, what's the biggest mistake the new, franchi new franchisors make when supporting their new franchisees? Oh, this is going to sound really bizarre, but new franchisors, often when they're, they're looking at supporting their new franchisees, the biggest mistake they actually make is over-supporting their franchisees. And I know that's almost like you think, how can you over-support someone? But it's a bit like, you know, when you have kids and you're teaching them how to tie their shoes. If you always take away that pain of them trying to learn how to tie their shoes and just say to them, here, put on Velcro shoes, they're going to be a 30-year-old with wearing Velcro shoes because nobody took the time to allow them to learn to tie their shoes. And... So for new franchisors, it's, it's allowing their new franchisees to become business owners and it's supporting them to become a business owner, not just doing everything for them to get them to be successful. And that's always a challenge for new franchisors because they're new and they desperately want it to work and they want to support them, but sometimes they go a bit too far. Um, I was talking to a new franchisor earlier this year and I was, he was telling me about his support structure and basically what it came down to, he was going to spend a day personally with each of his franchisees a month. And I just asked him the simple question of like, how many franchisees are you planning to have in your business? And he said, oh, if I could get to, you know, 50, 60, that would be amazing. And I just simply said to him, you do realise there's only 30 days in a month. Like, <laughs> your support system won't actually work. And I realised, it's not from a place of anything other than they desperately want to help their franchisees. But that's kind of probably the mistake I see is that they're trying to, to do too much for them allow, instead of allowing them to, to learn and grow and to be that business owner for long-term success. Right. That, that, that's a very valuable observation. I appreciate you, you, you sharing that with us from a lot of experience of a lot of groups. So I, I know you're not a fan of the sort of, down the list, tick and flick process of helping franchisees. Um, I mean, you 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 make it clear, and perhaps you can expand for us that that you see a major difference between the compliance and coaching. Um, can you can you add a little bit to that, please? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that because franchising, by its very nature, is very systems orientated that when people are supporting their franchisees, don't get me wrong, I, I believe in the tick and flick compliance. That's absolutely a part of the franchise, you know, to go and visit your franchisees and uh, is their signage right? You know, if you've got a food franchise, well, let's make sure they're covering all the health codes and food handling and there's certain things that are on a checklist that need to be ticked off and made sure are correct. But that's not coaching. That's not helping your franchisee to grow their business. And if you ask long-term franchisees, they get really frustrated if their field supporter coming and just doing a tick and flick compliance list with them. And many of them have said to me, I wish they'd just give me the list and let me check it off. It'd be a lot quicker. Compliance is, is that. It is going through the checklist and making sure things are right. Coaching is sitting with someone and asking really great questions. What does that mean for you? What is it that you want to achieve? 
How are we going to go about that? And then coming up with strategies to help them achieve what they want to achieve. I always say that in franchising, everyone's running a similar business, but none of the franchisees are running the same business. And the reason for that is, is that every single one of them is a different person. Someone who's got um, brand new kids, you know, like little babies and things, they want something different from their business compared to someone who's older and their kids have flown the coop and they're nearing retirement. The way that they're going to run their business is going to be slightly different. And so when you're coaching, you never, I always say, I never coach a business. I'm always coaching a person. So there's absolutely room for the what I call the tick and flick, but it's, that's not helping a franchisee to grow their business. That's making sure that they're, they're compliant to the franchise. What's helping them grow their business is sitting to and talking to them and helping them work out what they need to do and how they're going to go about it and what obstacles are in their way. Does that answer that question for you, Mike? Yeah, that's very astute. That's quite insightful. So to, to give you the feedback, as I see there, then you're saying that, um, yes, everyone needs to tick and flick the same compliance requirements, but to engage people and to get their optimum performance, because of their difference, you have to look at sometimes different ways of them implementing the same thing. So whilst every franchise should look the same, the reality is that the franchisee, because of their behavior and their life circumstances, may succeed in some ways in tuning things a bit differently. Absolutely. And you've got to think, you know, they're in business. So it's about making profit. Like, you know, let's not feed around the bush. That's absolutely what they're there for. But how they use that profit will just change depending on the person. Someone might want to use that profit for a holiday. Someone might want to use it to renovate their house. There's different motivations for people. And when you're coaching them, you're actually drawing out that motivation in them. You're drawing out who they are as a person. And and you're not treating them like a number in the system. And it doesn't take all day to get that sort of a result. I think that's the other mistake is if you get too caught up in the tick and flick process and filling in business plans and goal sheets and everything else, you can take a lot of time. Whereas in a 15 to 45 minute conversation with someone, you can give them the one key they need to find the motivation to do the things that they know they should be doing. It's a system. It's like baking a cake. They know what they need to do. It's coaching them to help them do the things they know they should be doing and to do it in a way that makes them happy and excited, not like it's like a, a task list that they must do or they're going to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah, look, that's something for people to take on board, I think, to be conscious of that. And, and I appreciate your comment. You don't need a lot of time. The thing is to, uh, uh, is to be focused. So when we look at franchisors, what do you think mm -hmm. is the primary thing they need to do to support and help a franchisee? Just distilling it right yeah. down to... Yeah. I always say that, you know, franchisees are real people with real families who have probably invested every cent they have, maybe borrowed money to get into a business to fulfil their future hopes and dreams and look after their family. So the number one thing you can do is actually give them confidence that they can do it. You know, the, the biggest thing you'll hear franchisees say is they come into a system and they can see everybody else is successful, but the little voice in the back of their head that they often don't voice is, everyone else is making this work, but am I going to be the one person that doesn't make it work? Am I going to be the one person who can't make this work? And so the more that you can build confidence with them, the more that they'll actually go on and succeed. I call it you've got to catch people doing things right 
too often we're yeah. trying to catch people doing things wrong or focus on their weaknesses. If you can build confidence around their strengths and help them see that they're doing the right things, they'll grow and build. It's no different to, you know, teaching a child something. I'm not saying franchisees are children, by the way. I'm just saying we, we still have that inside of us to sort of say, how can people give me confidence? How, how can I see that I am capable of doing this and, and helping them to move forward? And that takes just a little bit of a breather and a thought before you talk to someone and just go, right, how, how can I instill confidence in this person? How can I get them to see the things they're doing right? Because if you spend 80% of your time on catching them do things right, when you need to fix the 20% that's not going right, they're far more open to hearing that because they don't feel like they're a great big fat failure. <laughs> they can see, hey, I'm doing this stuff right. Now I need to just work on this. So it's really giving them that bit of encouragement and positive feedback um, just to mm. give you say, give them, that, give them that confidence and so forth. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And your analogy, you know, with, with, with children is, is quite typical because if you mollycoddle them, as you said earlier when we first started, uh, and you do everything for them, you're, you're never going to bridge that gap. Now, that's a, yeah. that's, that's a very pertinent point. So um, I suppose we've spoken about that then. So what franchisees need to do is give their, or franchisors need to make sure they, they give their franchisees confidence and that overcome that fear of failure of being the, the only one in step, as it were, or out of step. So for franchisors, sticking with them, what, what do you think is the greatest support tool they've got? And, and how can a franchisor sort of maximise the impact of that. Yeah, and it, it's funny because there's so many support tools and this one might sound weird because it's, you know, it's not necessarily what I do, especially since I've been talking about the coaching thing. I actually think the biggest support tool of any franchise group is their conference because something that works really well in a franchise system is that peer-to-peer -peer support. You know, no matter what mm. you do in a franchise, the franchisor is always seen sort of like as the parent and the franchisees will put themselves as the child. So you've got a parent-child relationship. Whereas when they look to the other franchisees, it's peer-to-peer -peer support. So think like a teenager. You know, you can tell them to do something 10 times and then a friend tells them to do it and they do it in an instant. It's the same thing in franchising. They're more likely to listen to their peers. And as a franchisor, and I've seen lots of franchisors in the last, you know, over the last decade sort of, really working on their conference to build in more of that peer-to-peer -peer support, getting franchisees excited to come and catch up with all their peers. Because once a year, it's almost like putting a little flag in the sand where they all come together and it's a chance for you to see them face-to-face, -to, -face, to have them in that peer-to-peer -peer place. And if you do a conference well, that'll last the whole year. I was talking to a franchisor about it last week and I said, you know, conference, it's, once you come out of conference, the next six months is talking about the conference that's just been and how great it is. And then you flip into now we've got the six months coming into the next conference. And what you want is for franchisees in their feedback on conference, if you say, what's the number one thing you got from conference? If they're putting overwhelmingly catching up with all the other franchisees, massive success for you. That's a massively successful conference because you're bringing them together and you're creating that reason why they're a part of the franchise. Because it's that, what did we say at the start, you know, in business for yourself, but not by yourself. And a conference just gives massive value and makes that really tangible for them and will keep them holding on. I often say to franchisors, if they've got a struggling franchisee, the number one thing you can do is get them to conference because the peer support will help them 
to actually go to that next level and get them out of, you know, whatever bit of a funk they're in of, of not really getting to where they want to go. So I, I always believe conference and you should really be be setting up and taking the time to plan out a conference that's not just delivering content but also delivering space. And by that I mean like space for franchisees to talk. Is your lunch break long enough? Make it longer. You know, it, mm. make sure there's morning and afternoon tea time. Make sure there's some time at night for them to all stand around the bar. I mean, I speak at a lot of conferences and I often say in my opening address to them all is, is I'm here just to start the conversation. Where you're going to get the most value is usually at the bar with a beer talking to another franchisee. And I know as a franchisee, that's where I got my massive value. So I think it's probably the most underutilised support tool, but I think it's the most important. Well, you're absolutely right. I agree with you entirely. And because it helps to create, if you like, what I think is the secret to franchising, that is the family, the community mm. that you build, that relationship. It's, just, it's a step way beyond just being in business or being a franchisee. It's actually that whole group. Um, sort of energy, I suppose. So we've spoken a bit about here about what franchisors should do to get the ball rolling and some of their support issues. So, so, so just to delve into that a little bit more, um, you, you do a lot, as you said, a lot of initial franchisee training with, with franchise mm-hmm. groups, new and established. So um, w- when we look at franchisors, what should they concentrate to help franchisees the best, to get the best start in their business and how should they set up their training to maximise this? And I think this is, is the key we're looking for here with regards to that, that starting up, getting the ball rolling, and that training process. Um, perhaps could you could share a bit of your philosophy on that? Yeah, I'm going to use an example for this one, Brian. I, I do a lot oh, of work do. with... Yeah, I do a lot of work with Gutterback, and I'm sure Warren Valentine, who's the franchise there, he, he'll be more than happy for me to share this with you. Warren's also yeah, the yeah. president of the Queensland FBA chapter and on the board. And it was a couple of years ago, I've worked with Gutterback for, I don't know, seven years now. I feel like I'm part of the family over there. And um, Warren and I sat down a few years ago and Warren said, I really want to look at our initial training. How can we change it up? How can we do it better? And through that, we came up with a bit of philosophy. And looking back now, I don't think we started with that, but it's what happened was we came with the premise that we wanted to answer the franchisee, the new franchisee's questions before they had them. So gutterback is, you know, they're on a roof cleaning gutters. So, um, and they use a specialised wet-dry vacuum system to do that. So on day one, they spend the day with Warren. So he introduces them to gutterback, he tells them the history, he tells them about conference and he builds them into, you know, what I love that I'm going to R&D from you, which is family. And R&D means rip off and deliver, by the way, Brian. Um, But what (laughs) he does is... He takes them through that and then he, he does all of their safety training and that's sort of a compliance thing that needs to be done and Warren takes that on because he wants to make sure that every one of his franchisees gets home safely. So the next day is actually me and we do a whole day on marketing because we know that that's the biggest question they're going to have. They've already got in their head. Gutterback's not a hard business to get your head around of what they're going to be doing on a day-to-day basis. But the question they come with is, but how am I going to find customers? So we answer that really early on to alleviate that fear. Then what they do is the next two days they go out on site and do actual physical work and they go out with franchisees doing the actual gutter cleaning. And what that does is is that they can then concentrate on learning that skill. They're not going around. If we did that before the marketing, they'd be doing the skill, but the 
same time, they'd be using up brain power going, but how am I going to get clients to do this? But they've already learned that. But then on the, the next day, so we're up to about day four or five here now. So once they've done two days on site, they come back in and they do quoting. But you can't learn how to quote if you haven't actually been on site. So the process that Warren's gone through is to capture their questions before they have them and to know what the next question is going to be. Because once they've been out on site, the next question is, oh, but how am I going to quote this? And so that's the very next thing that they do. And I think if you look at your franchise training and you think from the perspective of a new franchisee and you think of it like that journey, how can I help them to actually learn everything they need to know in a way that's going to help them to do that? The other thing I always say is, and your listeners are more than uh, welcome to R&D, rip off and deliver this one, but it works. I always start franchise training by saying to them, you know, every session, it's like we've got a big bucket of tennis balls. And we're throwing these tennis balls at you. How many can you actually catch? You're not going to catch the whole bucket, maybe four or five. But that's the beauty of a franchise system is, is that the tennis balls you don't catch, they just land on the floor and we can come back and pick them up later. You've got to relax the franchisee in so that they're in peak learning state. Because if they're afraid or things are not working well, then they're, they're more concerned about getting those questions answered rather than listening and learning what they need to at that point in time in training. And if I can, the second thing I would suggest in franchise training is doing some role play. And again, I'll use Gutterback. The reason I'm using Gutterback is I'm doing franchise training for them this week. So I did training yesterday, got training tomorrow with them. So it's right top of mind. About Two years ago, Warren and I introduced some role-playing. So one of their major marketing strategies is to actually walk into some commercial customers to try and get business. And Gutterback has an amazing marketing strategy to make that happen. I love it. But what we realized was it worked well in theory, but when they were going home, they were still nervous to do that. So we put role-play mm. into place. Like we make them come into the office, pretend we're a real estate agent, and they've got to present themselves. And it absolutely freaks them out because – Imagine sitting in front of the man who invented what you're trying to talk about. <laughs> but what happened was when they went home and they did it for real, it was so much easier than trying to do it with Warren and I. And what we <laughs> saw was as a result, where they would get to in their turnover, their revenue figures in 12 months, they were getting to that in six months. And all we added was a half an hour role play of learning how to actually go out and get these commercial customers. So really think about, I think it's probably coming from the place of what is the fears, what are the questions of the franchisees and work out how you can answer that and help them with those before they've even thought of those things. And they just think, oh my goodness, you know what you're doing, Willow. I love Warren. He was just, yeah, we've been doing this for 20 years. We've kind of worked out a thing or two in that time. You know, it really <laughs> helps franchisees to get that confidence. I, I can imagine that. I mean, I know Warren reasonably well. He's he's a pretty chilled individual, and uh, that's probably great from the point of view of encouraging people. He's, you'd never say he's stressed up and uh, uh, putting pressure on people, that's for sure. So uh, part of that demeanour is, is critically important. Th thanks. That's yeah. quite that's quite interesting, listening to that. I, uh, I appreciate that. And that, that training process, yeah, they are things that evolve, don't they, particularly depending on the – on the type of business or the trade or the service that's being applied. So um, mm. um, getting to the next step, I mean, you know, people aren't successful getting their franchisees inducted every time. 
Um, and sometimes, and sometimes for whatever reasons, maybe beginning or even well down their journey, a franchisee will start struggling for whatever reason. Um, what, what do you recommend should be done to help people in those situations, Tracy? Yeah, so there's a couple of things I recommend when you've got a struggling franchisee, and it's probably that's probably one of my key talents is actually helping them. Is first of all is what I call being the unreasonable friend. And I tell that to people that I'm working with. I'm like, I'm going to be your unreasonable friend. What does that mean? Well, I'm your friend. You know, I see you as a person. I want the very best for you. Especially, you know, I would say if they've got kids, I would say, oh, gosh, you know, I know you've got kids. Like, this is more than just us having a conversation. This is your life. But I'm also unreasonable because I'm not going to let you get away with stuff. I'm not a fair weather friend. I'm not just going to say all the things you want to hear. I'm going to pick it out and say, I don't think you're doing enough or hey, I think we could do that better. But I'm doing that from a place of care. So when you're working with a struggling franchisee, the first key is to make sure you position that very well. You need to make sure that they trust you and that they can see that you're doing this to be on their side. You're not just trying to get them off your books as being struggling, that you see them as a person. I think it's also going back to basics, just going back to all the basic things in the system. It's not about coming up with new inventive stuff. If, if they haven't got enough clients, it's doing the same basic marketing strategies. Maybe they just need to do more of them or they need to tweak them or learn or get better at them. They need to, to grow and develop. It's not about a new strategy. I think weekly coaching really helps. Um, it might only be a, a 30 minute to 45 minute, even an hour max, never more than an hour. A struggling franchisee can't take in that much information. You fill them up. They need just some clear little steps. It's, you know, just one step at a time. And that's why weekly coaching works. It doesn't have to be in person. It can be over the phone. And a lot of people, when they hear me coaching, they think I'm just having a chat with people. There's a whole lot of stuff going around in my head that is not a chat. It's a well-organized chat. But that's how I want the franchisee to feel, that I'm their unreasonable friend. I'm trying to help them. But at the same time, I'm going to get them to do more than what they expect of themselves. We're going to really turn this around. So it's giving them that confidence. It's having some strategies. And the final point to that is I always say you've got to know their game. You start to learn what excuses people make. You start to learn, you know, what's their go-to strategy if they don't want to do something. And, you know, like, you know, especially if they've got little kids, it's like, oh, the kids are this. And I'm like, right, how can we carve out a morning a week where you don't have the kids to distract you? You know, like, You've got to learn their game of what they're going to use as their go-to because the unreasonable friend doesn't put up with excuses. Like, I'm not unreasonable. I mean, if your child broke their arm and you had to take them to hospital, well, that's, that's not an excuse. That's a fact. But if it's just ongoing, always excuses, it's, it's actually calling them on that game and helping them change because there's not many people in the world that will do that for you, but you have to have built the trust first for you to be able to be that unreasonable friend. I, I, it's a term I'm not familiar with, and I, I, I've fallen in love with it right for the moment you mentioned it. I think it just describes beautifully, as you say, that it gives you that position. Obviously, the, the, the overrider is you've got to build that trust first, but once you have that relationship, then, yeah, you can afford to even kick the stool from under their feet, if you like, to, to actually be honest with themselves and get on with it and do it. I really like that. Thank you for that. that that's, that's very insightful. If our listeners take one thing from today, I think that, to me, at this stage of the game, is the piece of gold that we've got in our hands. So um, <laughs> I know you have a philosophy about 
franchisors and non-performing franchisees and uh, yeah. um, which is which is not uncommon i remember years ago i used to be in businesses brian cummins who founded cash converters and he had a philosophy that he didn't he really didn't totally disregard but he really didn't worry about his bottom 20 percent he said look some of those they're going to learn off the others or frankly they're, they're going to drop off because they're just not going to pick it up focus on the top performing ones because they lift everybody's game now i think mm-hmm. you have a point of view you have a point of view on this i'm not suggesting it's the same as as brian had but uh, could you share your your philosophy on um you know how why you don't think franchisors should focus just on non-performing franchisees yeah and i do have a similar philosophy to that um i think that in any franchise group there'll always be a bottom 10 percent. there's always that 10 percent at the bottom it's just a fact and it depends on how bad that bottom 10 percent is you know i work with some groups where their bottom 10 percent are totally profitable and a lot of franchisors wouldn't think they were struggling but where they've grown their business to, that bottom 10% just isn't performing to where they know they could be. But just by but just by numbers alone, you know, if you've got 10% of your franchisees struggling, that's probably not uncommon. Because if you had 100 franchisees and 10 were struggling, I go with the theory, one in 10 probably shouldn't have got into business. And you can do all the profiling and interviewing and everything else. It's a bit like going to the restaurant and saying, well, I like chicken. And I like these herbs, but then you get the meal and you taste it and you go, oh, I don't like this, even though from the menu you thought you would. So it's not Mm. unsurprising that maybe one in 10 people get into business that probably are not right for business. But if you had 100 franchisees and 20 of them were struggling, so your bottom 10% is actually 20% of your whole franchise group, then, then there's a problem. And that's not a problem with the people. That's a problem with you and your system. What are you doing to support them? So, you know, you do want to focus on that, but you don't want to spend 100% of your time on that. You want to also think about your top 10%, exactly that. All ships go up in a rising tide. So the good thing about the top 10%, it can be a really little thing that you need to do to actually let them know that they haven't been forgotten. You know, it can be, I've got a franchisor that I often call, if a franchisee's done something good, and I'll say to him, oh, they need a father call. And it's our code word for, he needs to call them and be like their dad, not like their dad, but he rings them and says, hey, well done. And they love getting a phone call from him to say, hey, I, I, you're on my radar. I know you've done something good. The team has told me you've done this and I rang to congratulate you. That might be a five, 10 minute conversation, but that can have a major impact rather than that franchisor spending you know, a week on a franchisee that's just struggling to turn around. So. I think a franchisor where they can is sort of get their team to look after the, the struggling franchisees and the franchisor put their time to congratulating and looking after the ones that are performing because that's what will raise things. Does that make sense? Absolutely, yeah. As you say, all boats, ro- boats rise on an incoming tide. Uh, it's absolutely true. So, um, it, And I think the point... Yeah, you know, I, I I take from experience over the years is those top ten percent or whatever the figure may be are the innovators. These are the ones who innovate, come up with new ideas, and inspire everybody else. So uh, focusing on them, as Brian Cummins said, you know these are the guys that come up with the really smart ideas that I don't come up with. Um, if I don't if I don't give them that bit of support and encouragement, and I guess those fatherly calls as well, because that's what really inspires them to 
keep pushing, isn't it? And uh, keep keep mm. coming up with that innovation. Excellent. I, I like that. I really do. I'm thoroughly enjoying this this conversation we're having. So, um, <laughs> Tracy, you, you're someone with lovely energy. You always sound so, so sort of happy and uh, and and full of the joys of spring. So, but from your point of view, what, what's the best thing about what you do? From your point of view. Mm. I love it when I see franchisees become business owners and suddenly realise what they've got in their hands. I, I can clearly remember, as an example, a franchisee rang me one day and he said, you know what, when I started this franchise, I basically bought myself a job. I just wanted to earn more than I was earning my job. I think he was on a $50,000 wage. He said, if I could get a cent above 50000 in profit, then I was going to be so ecstatic. And he said, I suddenly woke up today and realised I've got a business, like I've become a business owner. And seeing that shift in people is amazing. I can tell you story after story of people. You know, I remember a franchisee who just after they did their initial training had a heart attack, which is just a horrible situation. And he was getting back into the business. And I remember speaking to him and I said, you know, you're really building your business around relationships and um, because he was doing a lot of networking because that was the best way for him whilst he had his health issues to build his business. And I said, you're not going to be the fastest growing franchisee, but you're going to build long term. And, you know, three or four years time, one day we'll chat and you'll say, you know, at the time I didn't believe you, Tracy, but, you know, I'm going to, you're going to say to me, I've got a waiting list of people. I haven't lost a client. Everyone loves me and my business is fantastic. And it was the best email I ever received. It was about four years time. And he wrote me an email and said, remember when you said this to me? And he said, it's happened. When you see people wow. actually become the person that they never knew that they could be. Oh, I just get goosebumps thinking about it and I get a bit soppy about it. I, I, I can't, you know, deny that I don't wear my heart on my sleeve. But, you know, I was a struggling business owner one time. I've been a franchisee and people reached out and helped me and that changed my life. And for me, it's just doing the same. And, you know, I'm always happy and cheery because I'm like, who wants to be talking to someone who's grumpy? So that's what I try and infuse when I'm talking to people. Like, you can be exactly who you want to be, and it's not hard. And that's why I love what you do, Brian, because you always talk about simply, which is the same thing for me. I'm like, it doesn't have to be hard. You can do it simply, and you'll get greater success. And it's, and it's changing because it's not just that person is changing. Who else does that impact? It impacts their own family, the people they employ, their family. So, you know, it, it's something that, very dear to my heart and not something I often talk about, but it's those little stories of things where you see people become that person they didn't realise was inside of them. That's just exciting. Yeah, no, I, I certainly agree with you there. We're on the same page. So uh, we probably come out of a similar emotional box. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, uh, just mentioning, yeah, it's been lo lovely chatting to you a few books other little bits and pieces I'd love to go through, uh, Tracy, but really indebted to you for, for giving us a lot of your time, making yourself available. I know you're absolutely flat chat busy, uh, <laughs> and I'm sure everyone will join me saying it's been, it's been great getting to know you and to, and to learn a few of your secrets. So um, if people would like to learn more um, mm -hmm. about Tra Tracy Leak and your business, maybe get some information or, or, or just have a chat, where, where can they go? How can they get in touch with you best, in the best way? Um, the simplest way is just to go to my website. So it's tracyleek.com, Tracy with an E, T-R-A-C-E-Y. Leek is L-E-A-K.com. 
And on there, you can get access. I've got a program for field managers to help them learn all of my secrets. I just put it all out there. That's the CFE accredited course to learn how to coach um, franchisees. I've got some free downloads. I've got a top 10 tips on supporting struggling franchisees. My phone number's there. My email's there. Just go to the website. You get to see what I look like as well. Um, but everything's on my website at tracyleek.com. Brilliant. So just just to go into your, your, your book, The 101 Tips mm-hmm. of Franchisees, um, I, I know it's got a different slant to a lot of books. So um, can you explain the, the, the thinking behind that? Yeah. At the time, I was doing a lot of work in a lot of trade-based um, franchise groups and getting them to read a book was um, challenging, let's put it that way. Um, <laughs> and the reason reading works so well is it's your voice. When you read, you you hear your own voice, and that's the most powerful voice you can hear. So I wrote this book called 101 Tips, and it's literally a book of 101 tips. Some of them are one paragraph long. Some of them are two pages long. None of them are are very long. And so you can read, I always say to people, look, you can read a tip a day. You can read a tip a week. You can, um, we often do this fun thing where we just get people to open a random page and then read the tip that they've got. And it's usually the tip they need in their business. We do that at conferences all the time. It's a bit like reading the tarot cards and everybody always laughs. It's like, oh, yeah, that's exactly the tip I needed. So I did it in a way to help those people, those clients I had at the time, be able to get that information, but to get it in bite-sized pieces. You know, my favourite saying, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. And that's what I did with the book. Excellent. And I, I know it's been very popular, so congratulations. And I think that's a great innovation in the franchise space. So um, so I suppose, effectively, your key role is supporting franchisees. So you created this program that you've been explaining a fair bit about in our conversation today. Um, who who would you say, if you were to name a particular target in the marketplace, Who who is your supporting franchisees program really specifically for who do you who do you aim it at so it'd be specifically for field managers or and every group calls them something different you know they're bdms or franchise support or business coaches but the field managers or those people who are taking that role so you know some franchisors have to take that role until they've got to 15 20 franchisees they're supporting their franchisees so basically um, I was asked by the Franchise Council, Australia Sula rang me and said, hey, you're getting great results and we need to help franchisors, field teams actually learn this. She said, I'm getting lots of inquiries, people asking, how do you do it? And she said, would you put together a course? So a little course came from that idea to a 13-module course with over 30 hours of videos and I go through, I don't hold anything back, it's all my IP, everything, I just go through how I actually coach a franchisee to success from how do I coach marketing? How do I help them with sales? What do I do with a struggling franchisee? I've even got one module that's just on all of those case studies. Like what do you do if a franchisee's had a death in the family? How do you help them with that? How do you coach them through that? Through to goal setting, time management. So it's it's all of the stuff I've used personally, but I'll never be able to help every franchisee out there. So I've done it in a way that Field managers or franchisor support team or the franchisor themselves can go on and actually learn that in bite-sized pieces. You know, they're all short little 10, 15-minute videos so they can go through that program and learn all of that stuff that I've learnt that works. Well, I must say, hats off 
for you having put that together because I, I appreciate there's a lot of work in that to create that vast resource. <laughs> so and congratulations. That would have taken a lot of discipline, a lot of time, a lot of energy. So um, uh, it just, just as we close, is there any final point that's popped in your mind or observation you'd like to make uh, just as, uh, as a wrap-up, as it were? Well, I think it's exactly, you know, where you come from, Brian. It's keeping things simple. The simpler you keep it, the more profitable you'll be. Remember, people are real people. Treat them like a person, not a number. And keeping things simple and you'll see more success. The most successful franchisors, when you get out and you start talking to them, when you start talking to them, they always remember their franchisees are their customers and they're real people and they really, truly want to help and support them. And if you start with that intention that you truly want to help and support people um, to build their own business, to support their own families, you usually can't go too wrong. Because even if you make a mistake, and we're all humans, we all make mistakes, you would know at least that you've got the right intention, the right heart. And that will take you a long way in franchising. Excellent. Well, look, I'd just like to say on behalf of everybody, thank you, Tracy Lee. It's been lovely talking to you. This is Brian Keane from Franchise Simply signing off. Looking forward to being with you when we interview our next Franchise Radio Show guest.